You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Jim Hackett, Pete Davidson here on Friday the 6th of December. It's week 14. We've got one game behind us, and it is fantasy football playoff time. It's the best time of the year for those who made it. Congratulations, Pete. Congrats to you. Congrats to me. And off we roll. How you doing? Uh... I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired, Jack. How I feel pretty well rested because I fell asleep uh, before halftime of the Thursday night game. So oh, I got I got a nice little three-hour nap before I went to bed. So that always helps. Yeah. Well, Thanksgiving week just sucks the life out of me because it's like having two weeks in one week for yeah. what we do. Yeah. But and for Thursday, like, it's a deadline. Right. And then like when the week's over, it's like, oh, cool. I get a break now. Oh, wait. No, I don't. Um, so yeah, then it's like right into the waiver wire. I, I did a guest appearance on a show on Wednesday and then yesterday tons of just ranking stuff you know it's a big rank- rankings week right because there's no buys um and obviously every player matters yeah um, so and you out. really want to you, you want to try to do your best on the rankings but i mean i i spent five hours on the receivers alone yesterday yeah just just the receivers five hours um and i and and the funny thing is jim when i was done i was wrapping it up because i was out of time like i'm like i gotta start the running backs i might not get them done you know um, I, I easily could have done another four or five hours just going through the receivers, sure. collecting information, looking at the matchups, looking for quarterback injuries, that kind of stuff. So there's so, probably going to be a move or two when Saturday comes, right? Kind of like re-looking at things. I don't know how many moves are going to be in any of the, the rankings, but I'll tell you this. It's definitely like a week to I, – I really hope – I put it actually I think in the write-ups yesterday from what I can remember. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what I said in the write-ups, but uh, – the intros that is. But um, – yeah, I mean, this is definitely a big week, I think, to make sure you check the, the update. Yeah, for sure. Um, because the update's going to be real. Like, I'm not just going, yeah, I think this guy should be higher. Like, I'm I'm grinding it. So um, We talked about it before we got on, which is like, you know, people are tilting. It's playoff time. You know yeah. what I mean? So well, a lot of tough actually, decisions was, out there. Yeah, I was just about to say, no matter how hard I grind it, I mean, like the quarterbacks, for like, I, unless we get, like, real material information that helps us, you know, clarify some of these guys over others, I mean, like, once you get to around – Wentz at six. So I was going to say, like, Winston at seven is kind of, yeah. Maybe Darnold at 10 is a better place to start. But, like, the difference between Darnold at 10 and Brady at 15. Not big. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really just a question of what you like. Um, all these guys are medium plays, like, from five to 20. And it's really, you know, obviously for most people it's a question of who's on their roster, right? Yep. You probably have a choice between two maybe three guys or maybe you're a streamer and there's some stuff on the waiver wire but it's tough you know being a streamer this time of year on the off chance some people might try to clean that wire out on you um just proactively so you never know i mean 
I mean, if I if I was playing a guy who streamed, I'd take a couple of the best streamers off the the thing. If yeah, I could. of course. Um, but uh, so you know. It, this is going to be a tough week. I think it's going to be an easy. Like, to your point, people are on tilt. I was on a podcast called The Big Tilt, and um, did you do something today? Did I see that you did? You just sent it from like another. Just yeah, posted that, today that you that did was it recorded. Day. It went out today. It was recorded Wednesday. Okay, which is sort of embarrassing because it's going to be my Wednesday takes aired on Friday, and my Friday takes are better than my Wednesday takes, and my Saturday takes are better than my Friday takes. I mean, but that's the way. That's the why you got to listen to the Fantasy Football Hour on Sunday? We're sharp yeah, as attack. And. Yeah, well, and the DFS pod that I do for Ro- like if you if you follow me for DFS, definitely listen to the podcast. Like that's definitely the best thing I put out each week. Um, and I think the good thing about that pod is that it's not me telling you who to play. It's me saying, all right, here's these games. Here how here's how they're going to break. You know, here's where I see value in the pricing. But like I really try to go through that thing t- to like empower people to make good lineups. Yeah. Not not to like go make sure you put this guy in the flex and stuff <laughs> like that. Right. Yeah, it's more, about, most, it's, more about, it's more about construction. Like, I've looked at the slate. Here's where I see the best opportunity to either, A, differentiate or, or make a big splash. And I, here's how I'm approaching it. That, that's what I think is valuable to it. Yeah, I mean, and, but construction-wise. I mean, for, for me, the most fun part about DFS, and this is frustrating because I don't get to spend nearly enough time doing it, but just making lineups. Like, making lineups when you're not constrained by time. I love it. Like, it's there's hard nothing to do. more fun. It's hard to do. In ter- the, the time constraint's the tough thing, you know, with the content well, that you put out in the leagues that we both funny. play I, in. Yeah. I, I, I had Sammy Reed on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and we did a whole podcast talking about tilt, what causes it, what you should do if you start feeling like you're on it. And and, and, I, and it, I think it's important for all players to, to you know, to self-analyze as often as possible, particularly on weeks like this. You know, take your own temperature to an extent and, you know, are you making clean decisions? Are you thinking cleanly? And if you're not, it's a really good time to go look at some rankings. Like, how far are your ideas off from the norm? Mm. My apologies on that ambulance that's going by. No Did sweat. You that? Yeah, faint. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, this is a big week not to just, like, you don't want to live in a bubble this week. You don't want to be, like, alone with your thoughts. And I think that's a good line. point. You kind of want to be with the populace, uh, or at least in terms of where the uh, – I, I said this one the you other day. You want to know where the populace is. I'm not saying you can't go against the grain. You absolutely can, but you should know you're doing it at least, right? Yeah. I just had a couple conversations, that, like, the last couple of days. One, I want to get to the quarterback one. Uh, I'm going to say the other one first. But this morning, you know, someone kind of came up to me in the office, and they're like, hey, I got a tough one, you know, for the flex. It's a, is it – you know, and this really is a tough one. It's A.J. Brown, Sammy Watkins, or – Kenny Stills, I said, geez, you never thought you'd ask that question like, you know, several months ago, but Watkins Brown, really... Watkins than Stills. Yeah, I, I told him A.J. Brown was kind of where I would lean. I just, I think Watkins is going to get covered like a blanket, and he's not playing well on top of it, so... Yeah, um, I would, just the problem with Brown is he's dinged up. That's yeah, he practiced. I got I got some news on him. It looks like he uh, he got, he was um, a, a participant. Um, no, I, he today. practiced yesterday. Yeah. The question is, is he practicing fully? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the, the pro- look, I've got a decision with Brown to make um, myself. Mm. Um, and the problem I'm having is that it's a midweek, which is always scary. Um, so if he's if he's limited, so, he, you know, he was not on the injury report. Then all of a sudden he's limited Thursday. If he's limited again Friday, I'm going to be nervous. Yeah. You know, yeah. now in this particular case, would I play him over stills? Yeah. Yeah. If he's on the field, I'd play him over stills. Watkins is the other guy, though, too. Yeah, I, I yeah. would, you know, if everything's even and, every, and you know, and everybody's healthy, probably go Brown. But that's if Brown is limited Friday, I would I would play Sammy Watkins. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's just a kind of an example of uh, the things that are popping up. And then earlier yeah. in the week, it was interesting. Um, you know, I got a scenario poised at me, and the guy's starter, he streamed 
for a good amount of the year, but mostly his starter has been Kyle, Kyle Murray, which is, you know, a, a decent to good one. His question was, like, there's a couple guys out in the wire, and uh, he's like, I could play Murray, Sam Darnold, or Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm like, geez, you know what I mean? I said, to be honest with you, Fitzpatrick against the Jets isn't a bad answer. You know what I mean? It's if you're worried about yeah. Murray going against Pittsburgh, which I would be. Um, I'd be more inclined to play Darnold against the Dolphins. Yeah, I think so. But, but just, just to kind of underscore the, the point. The problem is, you know? he, look, here, here's the problem. You do rankings based on what you think is going to happen. Okay? So, like, my rankings are set up on Rotobon now. They're right there. You can look at them. And they're set up based on what I think is going to happen. But Sam Darnold is a Jet. And the Jets jet sometimes, yep. right? And they could jet this week. And if they do, you're blanked, yep. right? Um, and, you know, Fitzpatrick, he doesn't even need the team. He Fitzpatrick's all by himself, himself yeah. right? Yeah. So he can come out. Fitzpatrick can absolutely come out and win you your league this week. Yep. And he can come out and throw three picks and, In the you know, first quarter. Do absolutely nothing. Yep. Now, the good news with Fitzpatrick is that he's unlikely to be replaced based on what we've seen. Um, you know. He would really have to be bad to get replaced. But, you know, that's the concern with him is yep. that he literally doesn't finish the game. I said um, the safer floor. The safest floor is obviously Murray, even though he's got a hell of a matchup. Because even if Pittsburgh's coming after him, he'll get some foot points. I said, but if you wanted to, yeah. like, take a shot at upside, you know, either Fitzpatrick might be the guy. I, I would be very afraid to uh to I would actually him, probably go the other way on that. I, and you might be right. I don't know. But I think Darnold has the best floor. Um but I don't think it's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But I think he's got the best one. I think Murray's maybe has, maybe has the best ceiling. Mm. Because like you say, if he can start running, <laughs> Scramble, if, yeah. if he can get the Steelers gassed, he could maybe have a big day with his feet. Because what the, the thing about the Steelers is they don't – a lot of the times they don't face a lot of plays because they shut teams down yeah. with prejudice. Yeah. But at Arizona, the thing the Cardinals will do is they'll just keep coming at you, right? Even if you're shutting them down, eventually they start getting runs. They getting they start getting runs going because they play so fast. There's like more left in the game than you realize sometimes. And you know, if Murray, like you could, here's the funny thing, right? Murray could be like five runs for 22 yards and with 90 yards passing in the first half, mm. right? But if he's running around. And if they've had, you know, enough drives, you get into the second half, one or two long drives, and all of a sudden the defense starts getting a little tired. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he can have a huge second half. You find some room, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, it's happened a couple times this year. Um, where it's happened it, a lot in, like, the, the late parts, late stages of the game for the Cardinals. Right, I've because seen. what happens is the defense can handle him because he th – they. Their passing attack isn't really set up yet. He doesn't have enough weapons yet. So they take they take the weapons away from him. He tires them out with his feet. But eventually, the defense starts to get gas, and he starts to break through. What's interesting about Murray is what happens when he has enough weapons, right? And what happens when he can start doing damage in the first half? Like, he, uh, Kyler Murray has a chance to be every, what everybody thinks Lamar Jackson is, you know? Yeah. And, and I love Lamar Jackson, but I think he's at a point right now where – Things are being applied to him that aren't even true. To like, Murray, Murray or Jackson? Mur uh, Jackson. Yeah. People are he's grown so much as a passer. I, well, I think he's grown as a passer. I don't know how much. Um, I think that's fair. I think what you said is fair. I, I would agree because sometimes the, the, I think we get uh, – I shouldn't say we because I'm not involved in that, but uh, uh, analysts and, and media pundits that cover the NFL at the highest level – I mean, the, they get so narrative-driven. I mean, everyone's great. Everything, everything's good. Yeah. It's, it's on steroids, like times ten. Well, you it's know like, what the worst thing is? the brakes a little bit. 
listening to these moron announcers, and so many of them are bad. I mean, look, so many of these ex-NFL players just stink. They're terrible to listen to. And, you know, the play-by-play guys, for the most part, aren't much better. Um, And the one thing that drives me crazy is the way they allow themselves to be programmed by the teams. Mm. Because, I mean, I'm assuming most of our listening audience knows this, but we'll just, I'm just going to point this out. Like, if, when a a broadcasting team is covering an NFL game, they pretty much spend the week with these teams, right? Yeah, and they ask questions, they hang around. They um, they get sit-ins with the coaches. And and what happens is they get the PR spin in the teams. And a lot of the the broadcasting teams go out and they, they're like, they're like getting played like a piano. Yep. And as a home fan, you realize it, right? It's like, wait a minute, these are the same right. BS PR stories I've been reading all week, right. Right. all season, right. you know? You know, this guy's the key. If they could just get this guy healthy, it's like, wait a minute, that's what they've been telling me. This you know is nonsense. You know what the best example I've heard of that? It was such a great way well, to as say As a Jet it. fan, as, as a Patriot fan, you won't notice as much because the, the, the team isn't the team's real, right? And the right. team wins. So there's not a lot of excuse making that needs to go on. But when you watch a jet game, a little different this year, but yeah, I hear, I hear you in general. Yes. But when you listen to a jet game. I mean, the announcers carry water for the team every week. Yeah. And it's a joke. Let anyway, me tell you, I thought, I I'm thought done. one of the most astute, it's over. that's okay. One of the most astute ways of addressing that I thought was actually our coworker on the off day podcast. Here was Ryan Hannibal. A couple of weeks ago, he was on Mutt Show at night. I thought he, what he said was so smart and it was so spot on. They were talking about you know when Brady you know comes on in the morning with us on Mondays after the game, and then Monday night he's on Monday Night Football with Westwood One, and he does he does a hit with Jim Gray. He does it in, in the pregame, he does it in the halftime, and he does it on Thursday Night Football again. And uh, this occasionally there's nuggets in there, but Hannibal said something I thought it was spot on. I never thought of it in that in this way. So shout out to Ryan. He said. You know, with that interview with Gray, he goes, I listen more to the questions than I do Brady's answers. And that's exactly what he's, you're saying right now, which is like, it's contrived BS. You know what I mean? Like, those questions Gray asks, I think, are built in a lab with Tom before he goes on. So, again, the questions. So you think it's a little canned? A little canned, yeah. How, let me, let, let, let's, let's, I thought that let's, was such an interesting way to say it. Right put it on it. a 10 scale. Let's say that Russell Wilson mic'd up is a 9 on a 10 scale for being canned. Yes. Did you catch any of that? Oh, my God. It was terrible. <laughs> Come on, I mean, guys! You know, it was it was really bad. He just—he was starting to look like sound like Andy Dalton with that. Like, I turned said, to Nancy and I said, "Together." I said, "I go fifty bucks." He says, "Sis, boom, bah, yeah, the second half." Right? It was horrible. <laughs> I love Russ. I think he's great. I would—he can quarterback my team any time, but probably miking Russ up put is some, not a great call. Put some call. duct tape on him. But uh, no. So your question: If if, hey, if you know Russell Listen, Wilson was a nine, I'll be happy to play for that guy. Yeah. You know what? I don't. You can be canned with me all day. You want to pump me up and just pump? I mean, that's. I'm, I really don't have a problem with it. But like, <laughs> it was tough to listen. to. Russell Wilson's just. He's not very interesting. Yes, he's just not a very yeah. interesting person. Uh, I, think, yeah, I think you hit it. He's very directed. He's 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 a task oriented human being, and you know, it, there's nothing fun about listening to it. I would agree. But yeah. <laughs> so I think where you were going was if that's a nine, what's the gray? Brady interview yeah. in terms of well, who are we kidding? The Wilson thinks a 10, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's a good solid five. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I'm a big fan of Russell Wilson. You know that I'm not trying to rip on Russ, but no, he's I a think, bore. I think yeah. he's, he's not bursting. He's not uh, Jim McMahon. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not bursting with personality and not a guy I would right. mic up, um, <laughs> but they do. You don't take, you, you don't take your local priest to a strip club. <laughs> right. 
Exactly. Yes, you do not. Yes, you well, do not. I don't know actually, but you know what I mean. It's just he's just should, not, yeah. he doesn't fit the part. Right. He doesn't fit the part. All right. I, I don't think I don't think I don't think Quentin Tarantino's going. We just got to get this Russ Wilson guy to retirement so I can get him in one of my movies. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> Not a big I don't think he's going to be in Once Upon a Time. Yeah, that was one of those. I was like watching a hack comedian, though. I was like, just shut the mic off. Did you please. go to that, by the way? Because you said you were going to it. Which one? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, I haven't yet. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, we get, okay. get a. I think I probably missed my opportunity. Is that out of the theater, so I'm guessing? I would think so. Yeah. I saw it. I think I saw it like two months ago. So. Yeah. Time to me, like time is really a flat circle. Amazing right that now. you made so a, am I. Amazing so. that you made it to the movies and I didn't. That's it's uh, the first movie I've been to since Return of the King. Yeah, that's an upset. Think about that. Yeah. When did Return of the King come out? 1979. No, no, didn't. no but it was seriously like 2007 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I did a de- I did more than a decade without going in a movie theater. Unbelievable. I got to tell you, no regrets. I love going None. there. We went. Uh, we went. We took the kids on Friday. It was like a, a Thanksgiving oh day. Kids and movie theater. It was. You know, some kids movies I'm really into. Like that, I would I rather like. face the guillotine than a matinee. For yeah, the I can't kids. believe how well my kids did. But we went to. Um, we went and saw Frozen too. That that's a must oh. miss for a parent. That was brutal. A little too Dude, much singing for just, me. We're, Horrible. We're, we're in the trust tree, right? Yeah. Me, you, I, and I, the, whoever's listening. I, sure. I, I can. We can talk, right? Yeah. I hated Frozen. Yeah. It was I hated it. much too much singing for me. It was like a, it was like a it's like a kids musical. It was I, brutal. I mean I, I mean, I get why some people like it. I don't want to be t- and and you know what Olaf Olaf was sort of cute and funny, decent. But, but there's an Olaf I in just, every there's an Olaf in every Disney movie. Well, like, you know? But yeah, I, I okay. You know what? I think you sort of hit what I want. I just didn't see it being as like any better than any other. Yeah. Disney. Nothing movie. there. And, and, uh, I mean, it was it was just like okay, another princess movie. Uh, and, you know. My kids liked go. it, but it's like you know, I was I was looking at my wife and like making the gun in the mouth. Uh, Cinderella is better. Yeah, Cinderella is funnier. Yeah, the old songs in the old movies are clever. They're better written. Like the old the the people who wrote the older songs with the Sherman Brothers, whatever their names were. Mm. Those guys were smart. They were the, clever. This was real. I mean, this was very musically. It was just like, oh yeah. god, get me out of here. It was it wasn't awful, but sometimes I listen to people talk about Frozen like it changed their life, and it's like. You need to get out more. Yeah. The only Disney movie that, that had that kind of impact on me would be Lion King, which is just was epic when it came out. Never saw I'm it. I'm not talking about the new ones. I'm talking about the old one. You know, I the, never saw the original. Lion King. Phenomenal. Yeah, I heard it's good. Very good. Um, and the Hackett Boys. You know which one I really liked? And see, the thing is, I'm not against animated movies. Some of them I absolutely love. Shrek was good. Shrek is uh, my son's favorite movie. Yeah, Shrek's but, a great one. Um, I liked uh, Madagascar. Madagascar. Never was saw awesome. it. Never saw <laughs> it. Dude, you haven't seen that? No. Chris Rock's in it. It's great. Oh, really? Sasha Baron Cohen, Chris Rock. Really? Queen Latifah. It's good. Oh, man. All right. That's the true. only bad part about it is that Schwimmer's in it. Yeah. Okay. That's the best. Maybe why I didn't see it. <laughs> no, it's not, not reason enough. Not Chris, reason uh, enough Chris Rock and uh, and and uh, Borat. That's that might be reason enough to check that no, one. No, out. no. Madagascar is definitely fun. All right. Yeah, your kids would definitely like it too. Cool. All right, we'll get into that. Yeah. All right, so let's get into some of this fantasy stuff. So we're it's week fourteen. It's the playoffs, which uh, I'm psyched. Playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. Yeah. I know you're yeah. psyched, but uh, why don't we get into the QBs? I'm not that psyched. I feel good. I'm ex- I'm still seething over last weekend. I I had I had five teams that <coughs> had on paper at least fifty fifty shots at the buy, and none of them came through. Like Oof. every single one, and they were all really close. Just so painful. I'll tell you what. I had four win and get-ins, and I won three of them. And as Bill Parcells once famously said, the losses hurt more than the wins feel good. 
may I share with you how I lost Monday night? It was like it was actually an impossible to uh, lose. Only situation. if you want to hear mine. Yeah, I'll give, you can you can tell me yours. No, I was just kidding. I was hoping that might stop you. I'll be real quick. Okay. All right. I needed so I I, I need if I won, I was in. If I tied, I was in because I smoked the guy who in regular season who I was up against. I needed twenty three and a half points from Dalvin Cook and Stefan Diggs combined in half point PPR. At the end of the half, I was at twenty one five. I was sailing. I'm like, I, it would basically would have been a five yard out and a ten yard run by Cook, and I was home. First offensive play from Minnesota after the half. Cook fumbles minus two, gets hurt, and Diggs is down on the same play. You couldn't make it up. I'm like, are you fucking shitting me right now? And then Diggs went I on just to want do. To point out, you said this was going to be fast. unbelievably, and Diggs went on to do nothing, and Cook uh, was on the sideline the rest of the yeah. game. I lose. What can you do? But yeah. uh, you know, it can be brutal. But anyway, yeah. I choose to look at the uh, the ones that did get in, and I'm happy about those. So. Yeah, Onward I needed. Uh, I had. Uh, I was up like twenty five, going against Russell Wilson, and I had Tyler Lockett. Um, he didn't do I, much, and I had. Di- he didn't do anything, but yeah. zero. Uh, I had. I had Lockett. I had Diggs and the Minnesota defense, and um, not a lot. Minnesota defense scored a touchdown. Um, so, but Diggs and Lockett gave you nothing. Yeah, Diggs, as you mentioned, got dinged up, and basically um, in the last quarter. One catch by Diggs, and I win. Uh, if any pass thrown by Russell Wilson at any point in the game had gone to lock it, I win. Um, but, no. It can be cruel. I was talking oh, about Oh, if, if the last kickoff of the game with, like, 40 seconds left hadn't been fumbled by Minnesota and yeah. they had been able to take a couple shots, one of them goes right, to Diggs. Right, yeah, like a seven-yard out to Diggs. Right, yeah. right. So I mean, it was just it was it was it was torturous. Um, They're tough though, yeah. and that was really just one example. I mean, uh, you and I both sort of got hosed um, in the Midtown League, and um, yeah, I put up a monster and, game in, and came in tuna, I forgot to change a rule, which allowed your <laughs> allowed your team to sneak into the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I just I had a really rough weekend, but you know what? That's the way fantasy football goes, man. I said to someone, a coworker of mine, the other day, I said, "Look, it, you could be completely prepared for the draft." Draft well, pay attention all year long, be a shark on the waiver wire, make good trades, make you know the best lineup, informed lineup decisions all year long, and a minimum of 45% of the time you're going to get stuck. Then in, you take stuck the early the, flight home from yeah, San Diego. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a couple, yeah, a a mi- couple of injured guys jump out of your car. Damn a, magic a, show. <laughs> a minimum of 45% of the time that happens, and that's minimum. That's conservative. I wonder how many people got that. <laughs> I'm sure a lot. Um, it's a great movie. I watched that last week. Oh, I, was, cool. I, was, I was skimming it to see if I wanted to let my kid watch it. Mm. <laughs> Very questionable. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Satch is ready for that one. He's in college though. Okay, he's ready. He saw. I, I he's a young it. college guy. Well, I mean, he needs he needs to see these things. But, yeah, that's okay. That's a good call. Um, it's an interesting call. I, I mean, the thing is, I let him watch The Hangover, and that's like so over the top. It's almost like watching an animated movie or something. Yeah. I mean, it's a real movie, but. It's so no, over com- the top's the right word. Yeah. Right, it's just it's it's a Serious non-real words. kind of thing. Yeah, unless you've been to <laughs> Vegas, in which case you know it's completely real. Yeah, uh, with the exception of the kidnapping and stuff. Um, but yeah, old school is like you know, I don't I don't really feel like explaining what KY is. <laughs> <laughs> right now. I'm just not I'm not in a place to have that discussion. On right the now. same kind of bend, my uh, my nephews <laughs> are both freshmen in college, and like the last time they were up, they were up this summer. 
we were watching Chris Rock, Bigger and Blacker. I'm like, this is a great moment in my life. That my nephews, who like <laughs> I nurtured from the time they were like two years old, you know, I was like a sports hero to them, like growing up. And now I'm like in my basement watching Bigger and Blacker with them. This, I mean, this is phenomenal. I'm so glad you. They're like contemporaries now. You know what I mean? Which Rock stand up is oh, it's the best ever. He's he might be the best ever. I think he is, and I, I don't really think it's close. To be honest with you, I think he's that singular album. I've seen him live like four or five times. But that singular album, this first like burst onto the scene, Bigger and Blacker, was phenomenal. I, there's never been a better comedy album than that, in my mind. Okay. Yeah. I'll play the gauntlet. I, I, I don't know. I, I'd say it's close. But I, I like Chris Rock a lot. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's as good hysterical. as he gets. Yeah. And his delivery, his voice, his delivery, his everything. It's just, the, the, the thing perfect. I like about Chris Rock when it comes to his stand-up is that it, it, it feels truthful oh yeah like like i like some comedians i can tell that i'm getting an act you're getting a bit it can be a really good act yeah. like steve martin his his comedy act is an act it's choreographed and it's amazing but like chris rock when he he gives you that look from the hip yeah you know it it, it like he 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 thinks it's funny you know oh yeah, I, mean? I, I like I like that about That's his pure. I like that about his pure humor. honest. He's having he's having fun. He's enjoying his humor yeah. while he's telling you his humor. It's pure honest, um, intelligent humor, and it's a blast. And he's he's the best. So he's got my uh, he's got my vote as numero uno comedic honcho for sure. Big fan, and you knew right. that already. Yeah, no, I mean I I, I, I don't know. I I don't like ranking art, but um, he's definitely way up there. He's he's. He he's like, like no one's like ever with, made me laugh harder. It's like it with way. quarterbacks. I mean, he's um, like I said, like the way I think of quarterbacks is that some guys get to that Jedi level. He he's he's a Jedi. Comic. Oh, dude, he's Yoda. Like, him him and um, like the audience probably doesn't know who Bill Hicks is, but like Bill Hicks is one of the gods to me. Yep. Um, Carlin, love Carlin. I think like Eddie Murphy stopped doing comedy, and. His comedy got left in the 80s, where yep. it now gets picked apart for social reasons, yep. which is so freaking cheesy. Um, like, God forbid we just say, yep, this was said in the 80s. It's different back then. Yeah, Delirious and Raw No, nah, let's take a fine-tooth comb and go over each joke and see if we can De- De- Delirious and Raw, say bad things about him. Delirious and Raw and his work on Saturday Night Live is epic, and I loved it. But I just, but no, just for me, I just go to pure laughter. No one has ever made me laugh harder than Chris Rock. Like I've been, yeah, I heard you both hurt times, myself. I heard you the first two yeah. times. Hurt myself you. laughing from him, yeah. literally. Yeah. When you go see him live, you're like for me, my jaw literally hurt. Like it's like ninety straight minutes of laughing. It's like I, as much very, as you can take. I don't know why, but comedy never works for me in person. I've never, I never seen? enjoy it as much. I've seen tons of people. But I just, I don't know. I don't like comedy clubs. I don't like people around me sweating and laughing. Like, I, just, I don't like Sweating? It. Yeah, no. Like, well, have you ever been to a New York comedy place. club? I used to go, I mean, I've been, New York comedy clubs are like small and you're jammed in there. Yeah. It's like two drink minimum, tiny tables. I, I, it's just not my scene. Yeah. Well, I saw the rock at like Mohegan Sun, at like a theater. You know what I mean? A couple, yeah, couple I would probably like that more. Yeah. I would probably like that more. Like going to see, like those old Robin Williams shows. Yeah. He used to do them uh, in San Francisco. Um, and Williams, he was a great comic too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So this weekend, should we start Robin Williams or Chris Rock? I'm taking Chris Rock and the points. <laughs> I was actually um, coming back. Uh, I did a trip to Vermont a couple weeks ago, and on the way back, I was listening to "Comedy Is Not Pretty" by Steve Martin, and I forgot how funny that was. Yeah, that one was one of the funniest albums I've ever listened to in my life. Not ringing a bell on me. 
Comedy is not pretty. You've never listened to Comedy is Not Pretty? I don't think so. See? See, you're not even qualified to judge. <laughs> I'm plenty qualified. <laughs> no, you haven't heard Comedy is Not Pretty. Unqualified. All right. Um, let's get into these quarterbacks because we're like the, co- the podcast is over and we haven't paid the bills. Correct. So, you know, I would say – where do we say the cutoff was before? I, I mean, like it depends like, how we're you We're talking like, it. you know, it, 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 the, the late ones – you know, well, no, like, here's what I'm saying. I, like, I, I don't think you take Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Rogers. I wouldn't take them out of my lineup for Russell any Wilson of the other either. I people think. on the board. Uh, well, you can make an argument against Wilson. Um, he's on the road. He's playing the Rams. It's tough defense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm not paying 6,900 bucks for Russell Wilson on DraftKings, but I, I got no problem with him in my seasonal. I don't have any problem with any of these guys up to 20 in my seasonal lineup. That's sort of the point. Um, I, Will, Wilson's at five because I think, you know, the upside, if he starts running around on the road. And sometimes when you see him on, in these road games, he'll do whatever it takes to win the game, and sometimes that leads to more foot points. Yep. Um, but, you know, Wilson is capable of these 12, 13, 14-point games. And the Rams are playing pretty good D. The Ramsey's there, probably locked down Lockett is my guess. You know, the other you one know, was I was thinking okay. about that. I'm, I'm starting to think that they're actually going to take Ramsey um, – and Ooh, put Metcalf? him on. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah I think so. Why I mean, do you he think? doesn't go. I'm sorry? Why do you think? Well, I mean, Ramsey doesn't go to the slot very much. Uh, and really, if you look at the target volume over the last couple of weeks, they've been throwing the ball more to the other guy. So just from a standpoint of, you know, putting your best asset where the most footballs are going to go, I think you would put him there. Mm. Um, Lockett and, definitely misses Baldwin, I think. You know, when Doug Baldwin retired, I think that, like, his, he was so good last year, and I think Baldwin took a lot of, uh, you know, did the dirty work on, underneath, and he was, he was a, a deep threat that's efficient in get, catching the ball, you know, it was a, which is rare, you know, but I think he misses Baldwin underneath, taking some of that coverage away. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like I, the same guy this year. Lockett? Yeah. Well, what are you evaluating it on? The statistics? Yeah, versus well, last year. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with Baldwin. I, I mean, Lockett's been good this year. You know, um, you know, he got banged up a couple weeks ago. He was in the hospital. Um, he had the flu last week and a couple down weeks. Mm. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I've noticed no degradation, no degradation in his. In play. his weekly production, fantasy wise, you haven't seen. A but the downturn? weekly, okay, you're talking about weekly production. I'm yeah. talking about how well he, how good he is. Yeah, no, I'm There's just I'm totally ta- different. Things. I'm talking from a fantasy pers- like a, like a weekly production from a fantasy perspective. That's the lens I'm looking at. I, I, I well, I just think <laughs> so, they don't they don't like to throw, so he's always going to be a little hit and miss. I mean, it's I mean Lockett hasn't been bad. Yeah, he just he, he was so impressive last year. Like like he would get like three catches. Well, that and okay, he'd, but he'd get like 120 that's yards the and a point, touchdown. Isn't it? You're, you're underscoring the point. That's what I said. I said he was a deep threat that's efficient. That's really rare. But this year, right? But the production okay. hasn't been there as, as high as it was last year. That's what I'm saying. Or as much. Well, as that's say. a given, Jim. The numbers say that. But you're attributing it to Baldwin, and I'm saying I don't see it that way. I'm just wondering if if Baldwin not being there has an impact on that. You know, well, how much was Baldwin there last year? I can't Wasn't remember. Baldwin, I mean, Baldwin was hurt a good portion of last year. I don't. You know. I just my point being, I wonder if they're key, he's getting keyed on more, and he was left alone a little bit more to make to make better and yeah. bigger splash plays. That's my general point. I, I, or maybe. question, I should rather say. Maybe I I don't think so. Um, I you know I don't think Baldwin had much of an impact last year to be honest. I mean he, 
he was able to make some like heroic plays down the stretch, but for most of the year, he was pretty like mediocre, you know? Mm. I mean, there were, I mean, I don't know how many games he played. I know he missed three or four, um, but there were a lot of games where he just didn't make an impact at all. Um, I mean, ba- I mean, Baldwin, you know, Baldwin really, he, he peaked really hard back in what? 2015. Yeah. Um, and he pretty much was like a straight downwards, you know, path, path after that. I mean, he had the, the attrition went up for him in 16, but he wasn't as good. Um, you know, like he got more, like he got more targets, more um, catches. It, yeah. Yeah. But, it, but it wasn't the same player. I mean, the peak Baldwin was 2015, I guess. And we found out, I guess last year what it was about. I, I think his knee was degrading along the way. Yeah, um, yeah. The only reason I went there is just because I, I, it's a production a, a production dr- drop from last year over year with Lockett. I was wondering if you put those two factors. Well, I don't think there is a production drop. I just think it's it's uh, you, you know he's a guy who's you know he he was probably a little bit. It's regression, is what it is. You know. Yeah, when I say production, I just mean like from a statistical standpoint, from a fantasy standpoint. That's right, that's what regression is. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that, you know, he was – you can't be that efficient two years in a row is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like for instance, like last year – well, it's only – although it's only a 12-game sample. I'm just looking at the stats. You know, 10 touchdowns last year. He's got six so far this year. Not quite a thousand yards last year, eight thirty-one so far. But he's got some games left. All right. Yeah, I'm just kind of walking through it. Anywho, back to back to Wilson where we were going. Yeah. So, um, you know, Wilson. I, I don't have a problem playing Wilson this week at all. I, I, my my feeling is sort of that, it, from the standpoint of Wilson, it doesn't really matter where Ramsey goes because he can go the other way. Um, and you know Wilson can have a big day without throwing to Lockett or yeah I mean, he'll throw to David Moore or or uh, Hollister or you know get the get some foot points he's got that ability right so you know um, you know I, I'm a little bit more concerned about the Rams front seven uh, Ramsey concerns me from the stand like Ramsey concerns me from the standpoint of playing Lockett or playing you know DK mm-hmm. you know, so that now I'm worried. Because it's like, okay, if they just ha- – like, if I get wrong, if we guess wrong on, on him, like, maybe he doesn't shadow at all, that would be a good scenario. Because then Will, w- then Wilson can sort of pepper the guy who's got the good matchup when he's got the good matchup. Yep. And both guys can get theirs when they get it. But if we get a shadow situation, you know, I would think if Ramsey is shadowing Metcalf, I would think he could shut him down. Mm. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. So it's a concern. Um, I mean, I don't really have any lineup choices to make with Metcalf, but I'm sure there's people out there who do. Well, I think the whole reason we got on this path is like with the with the QBs is that about after that line, so like the first four guys you got ranked, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Watson, Rodgers, they're all locked. Rodgers is locked in a great matchup against Washington. And then after Wilson, who's fifth, that's where the questions start coming in, right? You got Wentz against the Giants. Yeah, I mean, Wentz clearly not fun. I mean, it's hard to have confidence in Carson Wentz right now. Um, and he doesn't have a lot of weapons, but the giants play the run better than they play the pass and they don't play the run particularly well. Well, they're, they're, they're okay. Against the run. But you know, uh, Wentz is going to have to throw in this game. It's a good matchup. Um, he'll have to play bad to fail. 
and he's done that. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's had I some mean, moments where he's where he's played well, but he's Wentz, been underwhelming. Wentz, yeah, I mean, his weaknesses have been exposed. He's you know, Wentz is sort of a downhill quarterback, and you know, he's had to throw to a lot of covered receivers, and clearly, it's not something he's as comfortable doing. Um, you know, he's young. He's still learning. This is a kid who came from a low level of college football. Um, and he's much better when there's some open people in the field. Coming off an injury, too. Big one. You know? Well, I don't know if that's – I mean, I guess. It's part of it. I think it's part of it, right? Well, I mean, second year after the ACL now. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know how much – I don't know how much of a pass I want to give him on that. I mean, I think you're probably right on some level. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I, I, look, I've seen enough from him this year. I think he's good enough where this matchup he should be fine. Um, but, you know, I, I, I can see somebody being like, really? Wentz? You want me to put my season on Wentz? Like, I can understand that. Yeah. Well, he's got Alshon back and playing well. He had a good week last week. He's got Aguilar. It looks like down who didn't practice Thursday. I don't know where he was today. Today being Friday. This thing drops on Saturday. But, um, you know, he's 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 – Viable, but probably not desirable. And if and I think you have to look at it matchup-wise to see what decision you're going to make. But you've got him in the sixth slot, and I don't think that's an unfair ranking given who he's going against. Yeah, I mean, look, but this is this is where it starts to get soft. So, like, if someone had Wentz and Winston and they wanted to play Winston, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, what are you clicking? It's my pen. Oh, okay. I'm hearing that over and over. Um and, and same thing with Cousins. Like, if somebody wanted to play Cousins over Wentz, I, I think I can see exactly why you would do it. Um, you know, I, I sort of feel like the run matchup is so good for Minnesota that they could go away from the pass and never get back to it kind of thing. Well, that's what they did Monday night. I mean, yeah, Cousins so th- was wouldn't throw it longer than seven yards all night long. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying, though. It's I, I think this is a matchup that's very winnable for Cousins, but I don't know that they necessarily get to the point where they're really hitting the matchup that hard because they might just blow him away on the ground. Yep. Um, so that's a concern for me. Um, uh, you know, I mean, he's still a QB1 to me because the matchup's just too good to put him anywhere else. Uh, but I am concerned that Minnesota gets control of this game. Um, you know, Minnesota, like, you know, they're going up against Blau on the road. I mean, is is it? You know, you don't have to think real hard to see defensive touchdowns early in that game. No, and look at that, that guy, David Blau, did more than I ever thought he would on Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? But I mean, he's still a third string quarterback. He's got one game under his belt against right. a good defense. I mean, I, I would expect turnovers. And the chickens seem to be coming home to roost in the second half. Like they seem to be getting a bead on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know. Uh, D- Detroit could go win that game for Minnesota, and then our quarterback doesn't have to do anything. It's not it's not Cousins' fault. It's just the way it is. Now it's a, it's a good point. Cousins is a guy I would if he was if I had him on a roster, I'd be looking for a way not to play him. I'm not feeling great about him. I, I think he's going to play really well. I just don't know what the actual fantasy production will be at the end of the day. That's what I mean. Like if you could take if you told if you could promise me 40 pass attempts, I'd move Cousin up behind Rodgers. No problem. Yeah, I do, I, don't, it, I do it in a heart. Yeah, I don't see forty pass attempts though. That's right. The problem. So you know, hey, give me thirty-five and I'll do it. You know, I just you know, this could be one of those twenty-two kind of days. Um, so that's why I don't have cousins up higher. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Darnold, I think Darnold could easily play up with the elites this week, but 
sometimes the Jets just don't click. And if that happens, he can be down in the teens, low teens, or high teens. The, the one thing, 17, 18, 19 area. The one thing about Darnold that's a little intriguing to me is that I expected a lot last week against Cincy and didn't get it. And I'm wondering if he, you might get a little bit of a bounce back on that. Like well, there's been two weeks not, in a row. I'm not going to get into those. I'm not. Gonna no, no. Is this two weeks in a row where he hasn't really gone after gone, gone to Crowder, who's always there available as like a security? He blanket. went to Crowder a lot last week. It didn't hit him though, right? right. Did, yeah, but he yeah. went to him all day. Okay, I'm just telling you. Yeah, because the receptions were, I think, what do you have like two? Um, oh no, it was it was a very unsuccessful uh, venture. But I I want to say that, I mean, just from memory, I want to say that. Like I literally can remember five of them. Mm. Um, hold on, now I now I want to know. I know Anderson <laughs> had a big play, um, but I know Crowder uh, Anderson's didn't do been a looking lot. better every week. Yeah. Uh, the Jets are just not particularly smart, and they're not making him as big a factor as they should. I, you know, I know I rip on the Jets, but it's only because it's true. Um, yeah, Anderson. Just just to give you a feel for Anderson, last three weeks, three targets, five targets, ten targets. Like clearly, things are changing a little yeah. bit. Um, and look at the production, six yards, 86 yards, 100 yards. So, um, you know, I, the Jets just – it's so hard to figure them out. They do so many things that don't make sense. They don't use Le'Veon Bell. They paid a mint for him. Yeah. Bell may not play this week, by the way. Opportunity for Bilal that's a big. That's a big story, especially yeah. with DFS. Yeah. Yeah, Crowder had nine targets last week. Mm. What do you have? Two catches? One, two catches? <laughs> two catches for eight yards. Yeah. It was ugly. I'm was telling horrible. you. But yeah, it's it 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 wasn't from lack of trying. Mm. Um, so, you know, look, this week if Crowder gets nine targets, he'll be great. You know, I don't think they're going to struggle like that again. Miami, if you get nine, if he gets nine targets on Miami, he'll, he'll make something good, out of him. Yeah, he'll have a good day. Um, and it was a little bit of an ugly game last week in Cincinnati. The ball was wet. Um, you know, there's some reasons why. You, you know, if we're if we're feeling charitable, we could cut them some slack. Mm. I'm not particularly charitable at the Jets, so. Um, but look, Darnold was right around that 300 range the two weeks before, um, so I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be around the 300 range this week. And and Anderson's been the lead receiver two weeks in a row. That's good, um, because that gives that explosive element. Yeah, he's the big play guy. Right, and against Miami, you know, big plays happen. That's yeah, when Hollywood I mean, Brown had the two big touchdowns opening yeah, day, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, look, I think if you're the Jets, you want to have some, at least one more explosive day, and you look at the schedule after this week, it's Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo. So I I, I think this is the week to play your Jets. <laughs> it might not be again, but I think this is the week. I'll tell you who I can't get my arms around this week. Just speaking of the Jets, it makes me think of the Bills, is Josh Allen. Um, I'm inclined to try to – not play any Bills against Baltimore right now. I just it's because yeah. I think Baltimore's just surging. But Allen's a kind of quarterback that could thrive in that kind of environment if it's hectic and he's able to run around a little bit. But it also could just be a mess. I, I don't know kind of where to put a bullet on him. Like he's a guy. Yeah, it wasn't fun ranking him. I've asked. You know, people have asked me, would you play him? I'm like, I don't know. Like I got a question the other day. Allen or Winston, I'm like, you know, Winston's ugly to watch, but I play Winston in that one. I just don't know what you got. I love Josh Allen, yeah, the player. I don't like Winston this week either, um, but. He's a little safer than Allen, I think. Or maybe more predictable. Yeah, I don't think safe is the word I would ever use with Winston. But, yeah, I, I look, the volume is going to be there. Yeah. The Colts have a good scheme, but they don't have the talent right now. So, I mean, like I said, look, after five, I was working really hard to find guys I liked at six and seven. Yeah. Wentz and Winston is what I came up with. Um, I've tried other guys there, too. Um, none of them felt real good. 
Um, and that's that's the kind of week it is. Yeah. I had Brady there at one point. I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. Mm. Um, you know, but Brady could have a good day. Like, Brady's definitely in the window. Baker Mayfield's behind Brady. I think Baker Mayfield could be a really good start this week. Mm. But can you trust, you know, his offensive line sometimes just doesn't give him the time to do anything other than get rid of the ball. Um, so, you know, there's, you know, Mayfield's a little bit like Darnold where we, you know, we like a lot of what's going on in this matchup, but there's some stuff that gives you pause. Yeah. You know, it's too bad is that, uh, that, uh, Danny Dimes went down, you know, cause against, yeah, it was the beginning Tim, of you know his, what? the Jim, beginning of his time. He wouldn't, I, he wouldn't have been at six. No, that. I don't think it would have been that high. He probably would have been pushing the, the, the 12, he'd, right? Yeah, he'd be there with Allen and yeah. Fitz and Brady and yeah. Tannehill, you know, like, you know. Tannehill's the, a guy. The that, problem for him this week would have been that the Giants can't handle the Eagles' front seven. And he's been a turnover machine. When when they've given him time, he's been really good. Yep. Um, he would have been another one of these guys where, like, yeah, he's a good play, but you can see how this would go bad. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, who's yeah. kind of if you're looking for like a safe play, I, like Tannehill's not a bad play this week against. No, Oakland. he's not a bad play yeah. at all. I just you know the problem with Tannehill. Tannehill, I think if if your goal is to get a quarterback who isn't going to hurt you, yeah, that's I love he's him. your guy, right? I think because I think he's going to have a good game. But looking for volume from the Titans, you don't get it very often. Yeah, like when they get a lead, they're looking to shorten the game. So they they can so it can be over in their head, <laughs> you know. Like yeah. their attitude isn't let's get further ahead. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna get that like 39 point outing you had from Tannehill no, a few weeks very ago. Very unlikely. Yeah. Uh, but you know, a solid 18 to 22, sure. Yeah, and that but that's a, that might be enough. You know, if you did yeah. if you have a good solid 22 lineup. might be a little dreamy, but you know he's I I like him for floor. I really do. Yeah. Um, you he know, almost kind of stands out uh, for floor. Yeah. Well, there. I mean, just look at these guys. Okay, Kyler Murray, Tannehill, Allen. You know, right, th- there's two floor guys and a, and a, and a, 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 excuse me, two ceiling guys and a floor guy sandwiched between them. Mm. You know, which guy do you want to play? It it really choose your weapon. Yeah. You know, yeah, it depends. Yeah, it's it's a lot of it has to do with the matchup, but you yep. know, <laughs> you have to be careful with that too, right? I mean, how many times have you been like, yeah, I really need the points here, so you load in a high risk lineup. And the guy you're playing puts up 90, and you put up 82. Yeah, <laughs> and you had a, and you had a hundred point lineups going to play. Well, the reason that, that that's why that's the reason why the floor isn't isn't to be sneezed away. I mean, sometimes that's what you need. You know what I mean? You, when you're a, a dog and you have a like a floor ceiling question, go for the go for the ceiling. Go for go go for it. But if you're in a tight matchup, like the the, the well, floor is there to help is you. That we don't know beforehand. Like you know, um, so. Like sometimes you, you you might talk don't talk yourself into being a, a huge dog if you're not and don't talk yourself into being a huge favorite if you're not like really try to get a beat on your game look at other people's projections if you're on tilt um, and try to get a real sober analysis of where you are in this game and then you'll know like yeah. okay you know what the, the it, you know three different places the projections have got me down 20 30 points at the end of this thing okay you know what let's let's play. Josh Allen over Tannehill, you right? Know, in a situation you might, like you might that, get some extra points, right? But if you look at all the projections and this game looks like it's five, ten points in either direction, you know, then then just play the guy who you think is the best play, right? You know, like don't you don't have to think of everything in terms of floor and ceiling. But the thing is, when you're making decisions with these players, we want to know well which guys are the floor guys, which guy like what are we getting? Um, and some of these guys, it's not even floor or ceiling; it's 
it's you know it's it's a binary question of is he going to have a good day or a bad day mm. like Fitzpatrick could go either way he could be anything yep he like Fitzpatrick can come in and dump 35 on the Jets could absolutely do it yeah and if the Jets are having a good day with the blitz he could be a disaster yep yeah his absolute coin flip or you know you or here's another one say you start Ryan Fitzpatrick and in the first quarter Devontae Parker rolls his ankle you're dead. Hush your mouth, man. I got Parker. No, 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 but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So, like, these are things to look at. So that's a, you know, that's a reason to say, well, Fitzpatrick is sort of dependent on a single player, right? Um, you know, I look at Brady, and I'm like, well, you know, this is a week I wanted to say, you know, I want to move Brady up this week because I want, you know, because I've got a trust factor with the player, right? Right. But I don't have a trust factor with his team. It's hard, so, to, hard to with the offense, you know. You've uh, did you catch my article yesterday? I did, and it's like, look, you know. We, there's nothing we can do to make all the Patriot players healthy. And, you know, like I want to say Tom Brady's trustworthy in this spot. I think Brady himself is trustworthy. Right. But I don't know if the game flow is trustworthy. And if I'm the Patriots, I'm thinking I want to run the ball as long as I can. Yep. Not because I don't trust my defense, but because I don't want it to get gassed. You know? I don't want to be playing a game at the end of the game where my defense was in the same kind of shape they were at the end of that playoff game. Yeah, that's the way to look at it. That's right. Yeah, Because the offense can't do what it did in that game. No, not even close. Right. Not so, right now. Right. So if I'm Belichick, I'm really looking at this like a football game. You know? Yep. It, it's got a life of its own. It breathes. Got to control the clock. Got to give your yeah. defense some legs. Yep, I agree with you. Just, I just think the Patriots, the Patriots are the smarter team. They're the better coach team if you look at both sides of the football. Um, and if I'm the Patriots, what I want is for this thing to be a game in the last third of the game. Mm. Yeah, I, could, I think, I mean, think that's I the, that's their path. I mean, so, you know, I think that it's, it could It look, doesn't have to be, but I think it is right now. It could right? look a lot – it could break a couple different ways. I think they're going to try to establish Michelle. Can it work? I don't know. To me, it kind of looks like it did last week, but hopefully it's a game – where you start with Michelle, maybe get a little lucky there yeah. if you own him with a touchdown, and it ends with White, you know, because they're going to have to move the chain somehow. Yeah, I was thinking White looks like a really good play this week, like on DK. He's only like 55 hunch. Um, so I like – it's funny. I, I was on uh, the Big Tilt on a Wednesday, and I wasn't really warming up to White, um, and I think Eric was in his defense. And I was like, eh, I don't know. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? White at 5,500, he's right. That's a really good play. Um but the one thing I keep wondering, like, are we passing the Rubicon in some way where White becomes a focal part of the offense? And what does that mean? Well, what I'm worried about is what I saw Sunday night What is, is you know, what Billy O'Brien did that for some reason no one else has ever done or if they have, it hasn't been talked about, which is James White has made a living the last several years just blowing past linebackers, you know, getting open on linebackers. He, he put a corner on them. And guess what? It took him a while to get open. The only time he got open was when the game was over. You know what I mean? When when Houston was playing light coverage. And if that's going to be the steady diet of coverage that James White gets now with cornerbacks, is it going to be harder for him to get open? You know? Well, that, it, that's it, really going to hurt it them. It would be, but I doubt that happens. Mm. Um, why? I'm just curious. I mean, I'm legitimately asking why. Like, if, if do other teams not have the personnel? Because yeah. you just don't see it very often. Hmm. It was pretty innovative by Billy O. We've shit on him a good amount on this podcast and on our show, and give, we've been fair to him, too. But that was a pretty smart move, and it worked. Well, it would be Romeo's move, wouldn't it? I guess, yeah. One of the, I mean, one of the two or both, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I, just, I just, it's pretty, it's pretty outside the, 
it's pretty off the board in general. Yeah. You don't usually have enough corners to be able to take one of your good ones and put them on a running back. Generally, it's going to take a linebacker off the field. There's there's reasons not to do it. Teams will try to run at you, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Um, he timed it well, though. It worked. It worked against the Patriots. The Patriots were perfectly ripe for that, you know, given their struggles on the line. Then they had their center, their their second string center go down. Um, so it lined up well. So you might be right. It might have been they might have just timed it really well. And it might be hard for other teams to replicate. But when I saw them do that, and it was talked about, I go, oh, geez, that that that's concerning. If that's something that other defenses can can replicate, eh, I'm not too worried about it. We'll see. Well, well, we're gonna find out. Yeah. Um, I I I don't think it's gonna be a big deal. But I mean, look, James White is not a dynamic player. I mean, he's got some of that a little bit. But what he is is just like an insanely good football player. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have weaknesses and he's smart as blank. Um, and he's a worker like that. You trust him. So, I mean, that's why he's good because he runs the darn, the Patriots drop great plays. He runs them right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's sometimes I, like, I think we sort of forget the value in just doing it the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. Um, and he does that. Like how many times have we seen James White in a big spot, make a mental error? It's, I don't know if I ever have. I, yeah, I, I mean, it's just it's a it's a rare thing. to My see. only knock on him is that Burkhead, he, same kind of thing. By yeah, the way, the only, the only my only knock on James White, and it's it's really not a knock. It just is what it is. He just if you get your hands on him, he's going down. That that that's yeah, the no, only. He's not a dynamic athlete. Yeah. It's the reason that I I look. I, I've we've we've done this a couple times in the pot over the years. I'll do it one more time. You know, James White didn't jump off the page to me. I mean, my sight was on him, but I wasn't. It was coach. I mean, he's like he's like this guy doesn't make mistakes. He's like, he's just good, solid, fundamental, doesn't make mistakes. He's like, this guy's going to play in the NFL. I'm like, really? Yeah. And he was right. And he's a coach. He sees that stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's 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 James White's DNA, just really good at the game. They've had a lot of guys like that. You yeah. Know? Well, Patriots, that's yeah. what they do. Um, but, but but my point is, um, you know, he yeah, he's his, his size and the fact that he runs pretty tight routes gives him an advantage on a linebacker. But, yeah, see, uh, uh, an actual corner – would blunt most of that. Yep. But you have to then move – you're moving a piece out of place now. So, you know, you do that against New England more than a couple times, they're going to hit you somewhere else. No question. They're probably going to get you before the, before the, the game ends. They're going to get you after, after, yeah. after. Yeah. Well, the, the game flow got away from them in that game. <laughs> yeah, no question. So, you know, I, well, what, what the Texans really did is they came out and scored, you know. I think that, you know, putting points on the board, nobody really did that. Yeah, it was it wasn't a great day for the Patriots defense. The defense I would give them is that they were out there a lot because the yeah, offense could sure. move. You know, no, but, but I mean, like they actually, like we can sort of write off the Lamar thing on some level because it's sort of a, you know, it's um, it's like asymmetrical, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, the Texans were a little bit more symmetrical. They were pretty much beating them straight up. Yeah. Um. So that, that that was the thing that got my attention in that game. Like, wow, people are like throwing touchdown passes on the Patriots. Yeah. Um, but look, it, it, by the same token, very good quarterback. Yeah. It's Nuke. Um, no, Watson played well. He yeah. Did. He, I, I, he I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I actually had a guy like online last night, didn't want to play the Patriots defense this week. And I'm like, I would play the Patriots defense this week. And he's like, I don't know. They look so bad last week. And it, I just don't, I don't look at things from last week. I don't care if the Patriots look bad last week. Does that mean Belichick's not coaching them this week? Right. <laughs> you know, so I I would have no problem playing Pat's D against Mahomes. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, and I would have no problem playing Mahomes against Pat Steele. It goes both ways. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I've. I can honestly tell you, I don't have a great feel for how this game is going to go on Sunday. It's it's because um, it's it's a fool's errand to try to write off the Patriots after a loss to Houston. Um, despite what the last three weeks have looked like offensively, it's still a right. fool's errand. I just do it right off the Patriots. No, and and. and and Kansas City, I don't think they're fully right yet, back to where they we thought they were the, no. the first half of the season. No. And, uh, you know, it's not, you know, Dar- Darrell Williams is out. Damian Williams has been limited in practice when he has practiced all week. Um, you know, Watkins has kind of been a shell of himself. I, so this game could go a bunch of different ways. I'm, I'm yeah. One I would stay away from if I was betting it. Uh, but to your point, I'm not afraid to play players on either side for that for that reason, I think, you know, so. Yeah, I, I think the Patriots for them, it's – I mean, it's going to be about the offense. Yeah, they got to get it rolling. I mean, if I mean, they show up with the offense they had last week, they're going to lose. Yeah. Oh, no question. No, no question about it. I just I give them, and I think you do too. I know you do. Give them credit enough to figure out, you know, that there'll be a path some way to, to find out what that's going to be. Yeah. I, well, what's interesting about the game to me is, like, if I had my druthers, if I was the Patriots, what I would want to do is I'd want to let Brady lead the way. That's what I would want to do. I would want to go quick passing, no huddle, rhythm, get some drives, tire out defenses. That's the way I would want to roll. Just because I think that's the one thing the team can do. Mm. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to have a lot of big plays. It doesn't have to have anything high risk. Just, you know, as uh, as what's his, Sam, whatever his name was, that old coach from the 70s. What's his darn name? Sam White. No. Oh, no. oh, the guy Sam from, from the nineties, dude. Yeah. Well, I know, <laughs> but you said Sam. That's the only reason I said Sam Weich. But uh, yeah, the who, guy from who was Hank Stram. Hank Stram, yeah. not Sam Stram. Yeah. I don't know why. I always forget that guy's name. Yeah. But yeah, he was the guy who matriculated down the yeah, field. The old yeah. Chiefs guy. Yeah. Um, but that's the kind of day I'd like to see the Patriots have. The problem is that that's really not the way to attack the Chiefs. Mm. You know, they they defend the pass better than they defend the run. They do come after your quarterback. You, you don't, you know. Um, it really does need to be get the ball out. Um, and I, I guess my problem with it is, like, you can't throw the ball to Edelman every play. No. And if Dorsett's – where where is Dorsett at physically right now? Do we know? Is he 100% right we now? We don't know. I mean, he had a terrible week last week. I mean, he, he was invisible, and he, and he wasn't getting – and unlike him, he was, wasn't getting in the right spot. Right. Well, the so... thing about Dorsett is you got to get – the Patriots aren't in a spot right now where they can give the outside guys time. No, no, he, they can't throw 30, down, 30 yeah, yards on the field. That's a problem. I will tell you who's being crimi- criminally underused right now. Everything that you're saying I agree with in terms of having to throw short. And, what, Myers? Uh, no, uh, it was Rex Burkhead. Like, right. th- this is part of the answer, guys. Like yeah. he, To me, he's part of the answer. I don't know why I'm not seeing him. Um, I really don't, unless it's health. There definitely is that thing, though, with Burkhead. And I'm not, I'm not trying to... Well, maybe a little bit. But if you remember when he came over, I said the one thing about him that, you know, he gets hurt. <laughs> like he's one of those guys who gets dinged up even though he doesn't play a lot. And we've seen that throughout his Patriot career too. Yeah. Um, so I don't – it's possible that they're – they like Burkhead is such a key piece in a big game. Yeah. They may just want to not overuse him. Well, but I think it's the, the, their offense the last three weeks has been nothing short of pathetic. Okay. Yeah. So – Now's the time, guys. Like, you know, I think this is like if you're saving him in the cookie jar, it's time to, you know, open the lid and, and stick your well, hand in it? there and get him. I mean, maybe. I don't know. What are your, what do you, I mean, what are the priorities? Patriots are 10 and 2, right? 
They, well, already, they've got the, they've got the they've gift. already made the playoffs. Yeah, they've got the gift of ten and two. Go and four, you're in. I the, think. Yeah, they've got the gift of ten and two. They've got the gift of Cincinnati and Miami still on the schedule, and, and right. Buffalo, who they'll probably take care of, even though respect to them, they're playing well. Um, yeah, I, I, they can be patient, but yeah. it's like I, 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 I underestimated the Bills. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back around. They're a good team. A yeah, they look. They're good. I, think, I thought good, well, solid team. I thought their defense was good, not great. I we might I might have to say maybe it's it might not be great but it's probably better than good. Yeah, they're tough. They're a defense I don't want to play this week against Baltimore, but they're tough. They're a tough, good, solid team. Uh, I think I they're well you know, coached. They had a patch. I, I, I don't like talking out of my. But they had a patch. I want to say like weeks four, or five, where I wasn't as impressed with them. But man, they've come back. Yeah, yeah. They're plus sixty nine on scoring differential now. Look, that game on December. Just, you know, yeah, that's pretty good. If you told me the Bills would be plus sixty nine. Yeah. Uh, after 12 games, scoring differential, I'd have said, nah, I don't think so. Look, if the Pats lose to Kansas City this weekend, which they very well could, even though they're home, um, where they never lose. By the way, you see that stat with Brady and Edelman? They've never lost at home when they're both starting. Really? Yep. The Patriots have never lost at home when Brady and Edelman are both starting. Um, now, given all that. Is that and playoffs too, I guess? Yep. Uh, given all that and how tough they are at home, Kansas City could very well win this game. If they do, that game on December 21st against Buffalo could be for the division. Well, yeah, that's actually what I was going to say, is that 9-3 and three thing on Buffalo is, I mean, the Patriots are locked for the playoffs. Yeah. Like, there's no way they're not making the playoffs. Right. But the division's not locked right now. Because right. like you said, I mean, I think their floor at, right now is 12 wins. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Ba- no. Based on the schedule, I, I don't see how they could possibly have less than twelve wins. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, they, they have right. to lose to to. You'd say Kansas City and Buffalo get some twelve and four. And I don't think they lose to Buffalo, but I do think that game will have division winning implications on it right. for sure. But but to your point, it's not about the win column now; it's about the loss column. Right, the Bills are only one back in the loss column. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's pretty interesting for this time of year. When's the last time there's? It's, we need it. We need it. Probably two thousand eight. Yeah. When's the last time the Patriots were? I think it's two thousand eight. Only one game ahead. Yeah. Two thousand eight. Week, week thirteen. Um, or um, week fourteen. I would. I would venture to guess it's not since two thousand eight. Wow. Yep. When they didn't make it, when Brady was hurt, and they were eleven and five. With, right. With Matt Castle. Right. All right. So let's give people uh, tell people what's upcoming. So we've got there is news around the league. I'm not going to bore you with it now because this is Saturday, but Sunday on the Fantasy Football Hour we'll have a full, uh, impactful update on all of that. We'll have our normal show. Get the text in. You can even tweet messages over at, at WEI Hacks or at Rotobon. The rankings are up at Rotobon. Um, Look, man, it's first week of the playoffs, so get the questions in. We'll be centric to helping people out, but we're going to walk the slate and give you the, what we yeah. think of the good plays and ideas I'll, throughout I'll, the show. Yeah, I mean, for people looking for ranking help, I mean, I'll get the uh, lineups, the lineup rankings updated tomorrow, so they'll be even tighter. There'll be more there. Yep. Um, and by all means, if we don't get to you on the show, um, hit us on Twitter after the show. Uh, I'll definitely have uh, probably between – 11 and 12, I'll be on Twitter pretty much just answering questions. Yeah. Um, and is there anything we can do now, Jim, just in terms of some maybe low-hanging fruit, stuff w- that could apply to everybody? Yeah, I would just say this. I mean, this came out today, today being Friday. This thing drops on uh, Saturday. But in case you missed it and you listen to us, uh, Greg Olson is definitely out, Panthers, Falcons. So right. um, that's interesting with Ian Thomas. If you're stuck at tight end, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a guy. Actually, that was one of the ones I wanted to make sure everybody knew about. Yep. I mean, it's in the rankings, and I talked about it on Waiver Wire, but still. Uh, Ian Thomas is a guy who, if for some reason you're in a pinch, even in a flex spot conceivably in a really, really deep league, 
he's probably sitting there. Um, and then another thing that broke during, or really didn't, not during the show, but it broke today, is the situation with the Jets um, and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. So, it, you know, if Le'Veon Bell is out, um, and Damian Williams is officially out, by the way, not going to play against the Patriots. Mm. Um, and Darrell so Williams. McCoy and Darwin Thompson. Yeah, Darrell Williams hit IR. Yep. Um, I still have doubts as to whether that was actually a hamstring. But hmm. whatever it was, it was bad. Mm. Uh, did you see that? Yeah, it was ugly. That was a weird yeah. injury. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I'm actually I'm, – I'm searching Bell now just – because I want to see if anything else popped out on him. But he, it, from my understanding is he hasn't practiced all week. He wasn't getting used a lot the last couple of weeks either. Yeah, it, right? the, Jets, the Jets are just nuts. Um, yeah, so right, right now he's got an illness and they're unsure. So illness is probably good news because mm. guys with illnesses generally end up playing. Yeah, you give him a nutty potty and some NyQuil and see, yeah, see what Yeah, but the Jets are an organization. I don't know internally what they really want to do. They may want to enhance the chances they don't win the game for all I know. Mm. I don't know. Um, but he hasn't really practiced all week. So if Bell is out, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, per, you know, it's a big deal in seasonal because if he's completely out, you could go pick up Bilal Powell, which yep. is who I would get. I, I would not go pick up Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, if you, I, I would you've go been after kinda, Bilal Powell. Yeah, you've been touting Powell for a couple of weeks on the waiver wire as a, as a, as a, late, as a, a I think large guy roster own. ad, yeah. Yeah, if Bell's out, I would want Powell, personally. I mean, you can make an argument either way, but I would want Powell. Uh, but the, the the key thing is on DraftKings, he's only 35 this week. That's nice. So uh, even if, like, say they were going to put Bal- uh, Powell and Montgomery in a split, if, you know what, if I can get 14 Bilal Powell touches against Miami for 3,500, yeah. I'll put that in my cash load yeah. up every week because yeah. that'll liberate me to do some other things. Well, if Timo, that's Ty Montgomery, you just, you know uh, – there's too much to worry about there with him, so I, I think it's a safer play too. Is Powell? I would. Well, I, I mean, it's just, the Jets just haven't really. I, I mean, haven't liked, used him. I haven't liked the way they've used him in a long time. And if you look at the snaps, I'm trying to pull it up actually, just so I, I don't want to be wrong. Okay, yeah, yeah. Last week, Powell was two to one touches over Montgomery. The week before, it was closer, but he still had more. The week before it was very close, but he still had more. 15 to 5 before that, 7 to 2 before that, 10 to 6. Uh, Montgomery hasn't out-touched Powell since week 7. Mm. And that's the only week he did it since week 6. Yeah, that's a ways back. Yeah, and Powell didn't really – Powell wasn't even really a part of anything until week 6. He didn't play the first two weeks. So, you know, the the trend really goes towards Powell. Um, so this is really something to keep your head on. You know, if, you're, if you've got a weakness at running back, this is like – Really pay attention to this because yeah. if the Jets rule him out, you pick up pick up Powell immediately. You can slide him in as a strong flex or even an RB two. And don't forget these Jets Dolphins games can get very high scoring historically. Oh yeah, you know, and, and Ball Powell knows all about him. Yeah, <laughs> he he's knows been there what he's a long doing. time. Yeah. Um, tight end is easy this week. I was going to say there's a couple of things on really tight ends. I like I like Ryan Griffin a lot this week. I've got him all the way at 17. Yeah, and you can make a really good argument for him at like 14 or 13. It's just it's a really tough. Uh, week to move him up just because I think Hollister has some floor yep. against the Rams because they're going to need him. Yep. Like a big game, no, but I think he's got floor. Vance McDonald has the flow chart matchup against Arizona. Right. So I almost put him, him up. I almost put him in the T one sack. It was it was tough not to, but the guys above him are just, they're in good spots. 
Um, and we get some news on tight ends too. So it looks like Hooper's going to come back. Uh, yeah, Hooper's back. Cleared for 14, and then you've got uh, Njoku uh, expects to play week 14. It, yeah, so. they expect Njoku to play. I, I think he's too risky to play this week, but this is big because what this means, you know where I'm going to go? Because mm-hmm. Njoku has the flowchart matchup next week. Yes, he's got AZ. Uh, and then Hollister has it week 16. Those are nice, uh, nice potential, yeah. you know, back to back to back plays. So if you got roster space, yeah, that I did been, add those guys. If you've been streaming tight ends, pick up Hollister and Njoku, and you're set. If you're playing a team that's been stri- streaming tight, if if you get into next week and you've been and you're, the team you're playing has been streaming, go pick up Njoku before they can. Yeah, and I'm telling co- you, otherwise you'll be playing him. He dropped two touchdowns. Yeah, a couple other guys that are probably out there in a lot of leagues are you know Jaseki in Miami. Jaseki's playing really well. Yeah, uh, he's almost a tight end one for me this week. Yeah, and Higby. You know, if if Gerald yeah. Everett stays down, which I think he might. Yeah, I'm hoping he does. Yeah, uh, Higby's a guy you could you can plug and play. Yeah, I mean, be careful with Higby this week, just because. He doesn't have the flowchart matchup. Yeah, he, doesn't, this week. he had AZ last week in a big week. Right. You, we knew that was coming. This week's going to be a little bit tougher. Um, but Seattle's a good matchup for tight ends. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's absolutely playable. Uh, it's just not a guarantee this time. And I feel like they're using him more, too. They're using the tight end more in, uh, with the Rams. You know what I mean? Well, so, they've, been, they've had the injuries at receiver. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they have been using the tight ends more. Um, they were using Everett a little bit more. Um, but the one thing about Higby that nobody ever talks about because he's a good blocker is that he's a good tight end. Yeah. Like Higby and Higby and Everett sort of cancel cancel each other out, like the way that the the Ravens tight ends used to. Yeah, they they've been Andrews they've been both hanging around. They've both been hanging around and had flashes for a few years. Both yeah, of those, which guys. is all it's ever going to be because yeah. there's just too many places to throw the ball there. Yeah. Um, but Gesicki's nice. Yeah, I think well Gesicki, I think. Right now is probably if he's not the number two receiver in Miami, he's sharing the two three with yeah, someone else. I agree. Um, and in a game like this one against the Jets, where the targets could start piling up, yeah, yeah, I definitely like him. And then the other thing about Gisecki this week that's good, like if you've got to start set with him, um, keep your eye on the Jets because I don't think Jamal Adams is going to play. Mm. And believe me when I tell you, that makes a huge yeah. difference yeah. Uh, against the Jets. Um, then it's just up to Fitz, Fitzpatrick not to F it up. Yeah, and then now the Bilal Powell thing, just to give some people a heads up, I don't know, I haven't heard anything on Josh Jacobs today, but Josh Jacobs hadn't practiced all week. And just, this just came in. Uh, shoulder didn't do much at practice Friday. Interesting. Officially okay. questionable with a fractured yeah. shoulder. I would say that that is a legit questionable. Yeah. Meaning I think 50% he could be out. Game Game time decision it looks like. Right, so obviously you're going to want to probably pick up either Washington or Rashard, whoever you have a better feeling about. It's yeah. hard to tell which one would get the most. Um, but you should be on that ball power watch too, mm. um, Jacobs' teams. Keep keep your eye on Jacobs. Keep your eye on Powell. If you've got a spot you can just play around with, maybe pick him up Pick him up before the news breaks. Yeah. Um, and then is there anything on the receiver side? Paris Hill. Uh, Paris Hill. Uh, no, Paris, Paris Campbell looks like he's going to play. T.Y. Yeah, Hilton a, out. Right, that's a good call. I was actually going to go there because, I mean, look, if you're in a deep seasonal league, Campbell could help you. Uh, it's risky. We yeah. don't know what he's going to do. But I think where the applications for him are is in DFS, where he's 32. Mm. 32. He could be, this week, he could be a 32-unit player against a team that 
you know, you want to play against, right? Yeah, the Buccaneers, you can pass on them all right. day. So that's, that's you know, that's pass a throwing. Yeah. It, it is a pass funnel. I mean, the, the, the Bucks are a better pass defense team than they get credit for. The reason that they're giving up so many stats is because of the volume, because no one can run on them. Right. So they get thrown on over and over and over again. I think that's likely to be the case. So he would be an interesting play. Um, I mean, if you look at the Colts roster, and remember, Campbell isn't out with a bad injury. He's out with a hand. Yeah. So as long as the hand has passed all the tests, he can he's use it. Be, and catch yeah, yeah. Right. There's going to be no snap count. He'll be good to go. Yeah. So no Hilton, and you can fire up Campbell if it makes sense. Uh, if it makes sense, right? Yep. You'd have to be in a deep league. Uh, and then another guy, Jim, is Ross. Yeah, he's a he's a comeback guy. So John yeah. Ross, is he coming back. And he's this in week? a matchup that's yeah. winnable. Yeah. Um. So you know, I would want to use Ross this week, but if you're sitting there and you're in trouble in a deep league, it you know, there's a chance he's still hanging out there. Mm. Um, you know, he could be something. I love the idea of getting him rostered for week 16. Yeah. And he, gets my, yeah. he gets Miami. And he was, when he was, I mean, he was flashing earlier before he got hurt. It was Dalton was the one who was throwing to him. So yeah. Dalton's back too. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that's most of the like really low hanging fruit. Yeah. I just say, keep an eye on. Uh, Marlon Mack is back. Everybody knows that. So, yeah. you know, do you don't want to play your other Indian, uh, Indianapolis backs. A.J. Brown. Um, Benny Snell's going to start for Pittsburgh. Everybody's got to know that. We talked about A.J. Brown a little bit earlier, but more news on him. It looks like Humphreys is going to play, so maybe that helps. Humphreys uh, Brown. is not going to play. Yeah, so that looks like. Uh, That's really good news if Brown is going to play. Yes. that means. Humphreys was a, de- a do not yeah. practice on Friday today. See, what, so. what's really good about that is assuming Brown is good, that means he's probably going to play 60% slot. Right. And that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a big piece of news. And then Juju's um, out in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and that's big for James Washington. Yeah, he's playing great. Um, and then, you know, one other thing we could maybe hit, and uh, this is something I'm going to have to deal with myself, uh, but the 49er running backs are ugly this week. Yeah. Um, what's unfortunate about it is somebody's going to have a good day there probably. Um, Throw a dart. Yeah, I, I would rank them in order of preference to play uh, Brita, then Mostert, and then Coleman. Yeah, I'm and with you. I, I would say, personally, I have all – well, no, I have two of the three. I'm going to probably play Brita. I, I, I don't feel comfortable enough to play Coleman. I just don't feel comfortable. Yeah, I hear you. I don't think he's he's not doing a whole hell of a lot, and he's he's been out there plenty. So, like, what is it? You know what I mean? He's just unimpressive. Yeah. And then one other situation to watch this week, keep your eye on Denver and Houston. Um, keep your eye on Duke Johnson's snap count. Hmm. Um, if Duke Johnson plays more snaps than Hyde this week again – uh, it might be time to make sure he's not on waiver wires. Mm. In fact, it might be time to maybe just do that, you know, and you know, like if you have someone you could cut. It looked pretty um, good against the Pats last week, Pete. Yeah, and he's been getting more snaps. He's he's out. He's he's played more snaps um, the last three weeks, uh, and that's that's a change. Um, I think if if I'm not mistaken, I think six out of the previous seven weeks it was the other way around. Yeah. A lot of hide for a good chunk of time there. Yeah, well, you know, Billy loves hide. What are you going to do? Um, but Johnson's played better, if you want. I mean, yeah. he's been one of their more dynamic players. Um, if 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 Johnson comes in at sixty or above again this week, I would I would I would make sure he's owned in all your leagues. But a lot more dangerous with him, you know, with with Nuke and with Fuller and, and such with more... Stills and Duke. It's a pretty well, pretty. Here's the thing: I don't compelling get. offense. It, it, like I would understand what they're doing if Johnson couldn't run on early downs, but he can. Yeah. Like I know he's not a power back, but like if I were them, I would mix it up on early downs at least. Yeah. I would give Duke Johnson some 
some looks. He gives you more on the ground than I think James White does. We were talking about him earlier. I mean, he gets oh, I think a, he gives you a lot. Yeah, he gets a Duke hand Johnson's on him. Johnson's a really good back. Yeah, I think he's you, you just a, universally underrated. You get a hand on James White, he goes down. And I'm not. I'm not picking on him. I, I love me some James. No, no, White. nothing against James White. Yeah. But Duke, Duke Johnson's. Oh, yeah, he's one of these guys back. that for whatever reason teams don't want to give him a lead back role, but. Uh, someday he's going to get it. He was labeled the pass down back, and you know how labels are in the NFL. That's really I yeah, think what it is. That's you know? true. I, I watched too much of his Miami film, man. He was so good. That was dynamic. Anyway, keep an eye on him this week if you play in a league where he might be available because he could be a guy you could jump in. It's a sleeper, uh, yeah. And, yeah, and grab next week. Um, if you're really, really desperate, Hilton being out means Marcus Johnson's going to play again this week for Indi- for Indianapolis. Mm, if you're, that's a deep one. Yeah, I mean, if I'm, I'm – um, yeah, I'm, that's where I'm going right now. Um, and then, I don't know, the last thing I'll say is I'm interested to see what the Patriots do this week in terms of playing time with these receivers. It's I, I mean, I'm just interested when the game's over to look at the snaps. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. You know, I think we we know our knowns, and the knowns right. are really one, that Edelman's going to be out there 100% of the time as long as he can doesn't need a respirator. Well, we um, were right about Sanu last week, right? Because he only played 19 snaps. Operation Decoy, yeah. Right. And, well, he clearly is there because there's some things that he can do, even if he's limited, that they like they like having him active. But it, my guess is that maybe he's up a little bit over last week, but I don't think he's going to be back as a dynamic, dynamic right. weapon this week. Um, and Kill Harry only played 22 snaps. That was a mystery. I'd like to see more of him. I mean, as I wrote in my article, Jacoby Myers looked like Lucas going out for a pass, and right. uh, looked like Corey Haim. He, I couldn't even see him on the on the damn TV. I watched the game twice. Yeah. So he played a lot. He's out there all all game. Yeah. Yeah. Dorsett was 71. Um, so they were basically about the same. Uh, and Edelman was 92. His yeah. usual high end usage. Um, have, have, I don't know if I mean in New England this is probably just the everyday thing so you don't even talk about it but like have you looked at Edelman's usage lately no <laughs> I mean I'm sure okay. it's 90 percent it's got no, no no I'm not talking snap rate I'm talking targets it's insane just just for kicks and giggles and it, it, for people who don't look at targets every week this maybe it doesn't sound as but just trust me this is crazy yep. this is Julian Edelman and I'm going to count back from last week um, to week six. I'm going to say last week was 15 or 16. It was 12, but listen to this. Yeah. 12, 12, 10, 11, 11, 12, 15. That's insane. That's a lot. This guy hasn't been single-digit digit targets since week five. Yeah. And guess how many he had in week five? Nine. Yeah, right <laughs> so, there. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's he's had one game all year where the targets were bad. Yeah. One. And it was against Miami week two. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's – that's what, I mean, look, that's – Often if how they operate. If touchdown equity was better, I would want to play him a lot on DFS. Yeah. The problem is the touchdowns just aren't there. Nine, ten, you know, nine's usually about the number historically, so those are elevated, and it's no surprise because they can't go anywhere else right now. You know. Well, right. That's the thing is that normally when Gronk's out there, you can set up some touchdown routes for Edelman, but right now, I think he's one of the things that they're keying on. Yeah. No, so they're willing to give you the catches. They're not willing to give you the big plays. He's not only the move the chains guy. He's the keep he's the possession the going. He, guy. He's, he's the first down and second down guy, he's too. He's the yeah. only guy. He's the possession guy. <laughs> like every possession, every down. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's it's gotten to that for them. And I had a little phone on the Pats you know, behalf on my article because I just got sick of hearing all the analysis of it. Let's have some fun with it. But get back to basics. You know what I mean? And and uh, and see if you can move the chains. That, that's what it kind of comes down to. So Well, they never do what we think they're going to do. Right. This game says run. So part of me is like they're, they're going to air it out. out. No, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> it's... But I, that's just 
nothing but comedy. Yeah. I have no idea what they're going to do. Well, that's why I took the angle I did in my article because I was kind of really scratching my head. I'm like, well, instead of pulling BS analysis out, let's have some fun. So if you didn't check it out, it's up on wei.com. You get it on my. It's just too straight BS. Yeah, but it's uh, it was fun, you know. But it's on my Twitter line if you uh, want to check it out at wei. It's on mine too. Yep. Thank you. Um, it's, it's out there. All right. So let's. I like uh, the. Um, I like the. Um, dodgeball. No, well, yeah. I mean, obviously oh, did you like the play ball. diagram I put up there? <laughs> I didn't really football think for that, dummies. I didn't think that part was that funny. I just sort of liked the diagram. I like that's what made me laugh when I found it online. I'm like that. I'm using that. Um, right. So, I, I know you really well, so I know you were fired up when you wrote it. So I, I, I had a good, I had a, I had a good night reading that. All right, so we'll uh, we'll check you back out Sunday for the fantasy football hour. Come join us. It's a big week. Good luck to you, and get as many questions as you want our way, and we'll do our best to help you out. So long.